Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grade School. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. Well, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. I'm Pastor Tommy McMurtry from the Liberty Baptist Church, and we appreciate you listening. We hope you get a blessing this morning from the message. And I always like to start things off with a little bit of humor. Of course, it's winter, it's January, it's cold out. What do we expect? But we probably shouldn't complain. We've had a pretty easy winter. But we're from Illinois, and one thing we do as Illinoisans, we complain about the weather. And I wrote something I read this week I thought was pretty funny I wanted to share with you. It's so cold, hitchhikers were showing pictures of their thumbs. It's so cold, politicians have their hands in their own pockets. It's so cold, someone spilled hot coffee on me, and I thank them. It's so cold, a group of chickens walked into KFC asking to warm up. It's so cold, even the good humor man's in a bad mood. It's so cold that I can't even get into a heated argument with my wife. It's so cold, Richard Simmons traded in his shorts for a pair of pants. It's so cold, your shadow freezes to the sidewalk. It's so cold, you have to open the fridge to heat your house. It's so cold, your false teeth chatter, and they're still in the glass. It's so cold, police told a robber to freeze, and he did. It's so cold, people look forward to getting a fever. It's so cold, mailmen watch out for both dogs and polar bears. It's so cold, igloos are now coming with a lifetime guarantee. It's so cold, people's snowmen are begging them to take them inside. It's so cold, the fire department advises you to go ahead and set your house on fire. And it's so cold, Prisoners were begging for the electric chair. And all of those may have been slight exaggerations, but I think we all get the spirit of that. And it's cold, it's winter, what do we expect? But you know what? It's part of life and uh, it's part of the seasons and spring will come and I'm looking forward to spring. And this morning I want to go to the scriptures with you and try to be a help and a blessing to you. You know, there's a lot of problems that we have in this world. There's a lot of difficulties. There's a lot of problems in our country. And right now we're in election year. we got a lot of people that are going around trying to tell us how they are going to fix the problems in our country. And while I have my doubts on how well they can do, uh, I hope they uh, can figure some things out and improve some things. But, you know, me personally, as a Christian and as a pastor, I'm more in the business of spiritual things and taking care of real problems in a way that is really effective in an eternal way. You know, many times we're so focused on fixing temporary things that we forget about the big things. We forget about the most important things. And I want to show you some examples in the Bible of people who wanted a physical need taken care of, but we see how Jesus would come along and take care of the spiritual need and how much more important it is to take care of spiritual needs 
than it is the physical needs. I'm all for taking care of physical problems. However, if we don't take care of the spiritual, we're not really accomplishing anything and we're missing the point. So, in John chapter 4, verse 5, this is a very familiar story about the woman at the well. It says, Then cometh he, talking about Jesus, to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. All right, Jesus is thirsty, okay? Jesus even though he was God in the flesh, he was man at the same time. And he's walking around and it's right at about noon. He's thirsty. And he asks this lady for a drink who is also coming to the well because she was probably thirsty. She's coming to draw water. Thirst is a real legitimate need. We all need to drink water on a regular basis. It is an absolute necessity that we have. And it says in verse 8, For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And that was the case. Jews and Samaritans did not get along. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given the living water. He's telling her, if you knew who was in front of you right now, you would ask him for living water. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again. You can go and get a drink of water, but you're going to get thirsty in just a little while. And he's, he's explaining that to her. You can drink this, but you're going to get thirsty again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto her, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And then Jesus went on and basically kind of pointed out the fact that she was a sinner. And she understood that. She believed on Jesus Christ. And she got that living water. Went and started telling everybody. And you know the story. But notice how this woman, she's coming for to take care of a real legitimate need. And that is a, to quench her thirst. We all need that. But Jesus, he was on a mission not to give people a drink of water, but was to give them living water to help their uh, their spiritual problems, something that was lasting, something that was eternal. And so he uses this example of the water of life and all those who are saved, those who have t uh, accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, you will never thirst again. You will never need to get saved again. You will, all, you will always be saved. Spiritually, you will always be satisfied with Jesus Christ. You need nothing else. And you will live for all eternity, thanks to Jesus Christ, nothing that you have done. And so we have that example in the Bible. And then in John chapter 6, uh, in verse 47, we see an example with bread, where Jesus said he's the bread of life. And eating that is another thing that is an absolute necessity. People have to do it in order to survive. However, there's something more important than physical bread, and that is that spiritual bread, which is Jesus Christ. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. 
Notice this. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. Okay? You see, Jesus, when he came to earth, while he did many miracles, while he healed people, while he even raised people from the dead, that was not why he came to earth. It wasn't to fix people's physical problems. It wasn't just to bring people back to life physically. It was to give them life spiritually. It was to fix their eternal problems that they have. It was to take care of those things because notice, you know, bread is important. I'm not trying to minimize eating and drinking. We all have to do it. I do it every day. However, spiritual is more important. And he talks about, hey, your fathers, okay, they ate manna in the wilderness. God did a miracle with the manna back when the children of Israel were wandering through the wilderness. But it is clear from the Bible that many of those who ate the manna in the wilderness died in their sin and did not go to heaven. And Jesus said, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. That manna that God fed them, it only helped them temporarily. And there are many people that are in hell today who ate manna that God gave. But that manna didn't save them because that manna was only physical food. And when Jesus came, he didn't come to feed the world physical food. He came to give them something spiritual. If he had just given them physical food, it would have only lasted for a short time and they would have been hungry again. But those who believe on Christ have everlasting life. And I love how he said that they ate manna in the wilderness and they're dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. This is something better. I am that living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How could this man give us flesh to eat? They couldn't get it through their minds that he's not talking about physical food. He's talking about spiritual food because they were hungry. They wanted food right there. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. So it's clear that he's not talking about physical eating and drinking here. We can't physically eat Jesus Christ. We can't physically drink his blood. That is not what he's talking about. But when we accept Christ as our Savior, okay, we are believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're trusting in his sacrifice. We're trusting in what was done to his body, his shed blood. That's why we are saved. And those who believe on him have everlasting life. It's something that goes away or doesn't go away. It's something that they can never lose. And in both of these stories, people were trying to take care of a real physical need. And while Jesus helped with these physical needs many times, his real desire was to help with spiritual needs. And today I'm afraid people believe churches are places where people should be able to go and get all their physical needs taken care of. And you know what? There is nothing wrong with churches or individuals helping people with their physical needs. Nothing wrong with that. It's a wonderful thing to do. But a church is supposed to be spreading the gospel so they can help people with the real problem and take care of their real spiritual needs. You see, there's many good things that we can do 
that really in many ways are very pointless. There are things that people do, it's I think more just to make themselves feel like good Christians. You know, for example, many people will spend thousands of dollars to go to a foreign country to give a few people a little bit of food to eat, you know, for a few days. And hey, if you want to spend your money on that, you go ahead and do that. But you know what? You can go spend that thousands of dollars and hand some people some food, give them some water to drink. But you know what? In a few days, they're going to be hungry again. In a few days, they're going to be thirsty again. And the truth is, I don't understand these people that go on what they call missions trips and they don't spread the gospel. What is the point of giving people the physical things if we don't give them the spiritual needs? Those are what really helps people. You know, Jesus never used money to help people. You never see him giving people money. That's not what he did. Many people, you know, they'll give money to a bum or something. They'll buy him a meal thinking, man, I'm a really good person. I'm doing some great thing. And if you want to do that, man, bless your heart, go ahead and do it. But, you know, if you really want to help him, why not give him the gospel too? Why don't you go buy him a meal, fill up that belly so he's not thinking about physical food, and then talk to him about spiritual food? You know, many churches, they do this. I'm for it. We do it. Take kids on fun activities. Hey, that's great. You know, do fun things with the kids. But you know what? All of these things without the Great Commission, without spreading the gospel, they're really nothing. You can go and take kids and have, you know, give them a good time, but tomorrow they're going to be bored again. See, we, we can't take care of everyone's physical needs. They're never going to go away. You know, the Bible said the poor ye have always with you. They're always going to be there. We can't fix everybody's physical problems, but if we introduce people to Christ, we can fix the spiritual problems. We can do something that will make a difference for all eternity. And I think that's what we need to get focused on. You know, what is it that people really need? You know, you think about the poor in third world, third world countries. One thing that they, you know, they need the gospel, don't they? They need a change in their culture. There are many in, in third world, many third world countries that many of the people there, they have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. They don't know a thing about him. They don't know what the Bible says. Most of those people have never even owned a Bible. No one's ever preached them the gospel. And these people, they need not not money. They need a change in their culture. In Leviticus chapter 18, it talks about many of the common, you know, sexual sins that people would do, that sent things that are running rampant today. And the Bible told, or God warned Israel, he said in verse 24, Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you, and the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. See, there's a reason that many of these places are so impoverished. There's, there's, there's a reason there's so many just famines and so many diseases and things in these countries. And it's these people have a very wicked, godless culture. The wickedness that goes on there, you know, unspeakable things, things I can't even talk about on the radio, these type of things are defiling their land. And the Bible says the land itself vomiteth out their inhabitants. That's why these people are dying. And what they really need is not, you know, cures for their diseases. They need a change in their culture. And the only one who can really do that is Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse 27, it goes on and it says, 
you know, for all these abominations have the men of the land done, which were before you, and the land is defiled. That the land spew not you out also when ye defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. And so what these people need in these countries, they need morality. Well, where are they going to learn that? We learn morality from the law, from the word of God, from the Bible. They need better governments for sure. Okay, Some of these people are very oppressed by some wicked governments. However, governments are always a clear reflection of the people that they represent. And I know that might sound harsh, but listen, we've gone over into other countries and other cultures to try to spread democracy. We've overthrown dictators. We've given these people uh, chances to have elections. And what do they always do? They elect more dictators. You know why? Because if we don't change the heart of the people, if we don't change the culture of the people, they're going to continue to have leaders that reflect that society and in America, it is the same story. Our leaders reflect our society today, and that ought to scare anybody. Just when you look at who we have running for president right now, it ought to concern us, and it ought to cause us to realize that we do need revival in this country it, so desperately. It, that is what we need more than anything else. So, you know, children, what do children need today? You know, children, they need moms and dads who love each other. And love them and raise them and train them. Deuteronomy 6 6 says, These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. How often are you talking to your children about the things of God? How often are you teaching them and working with them, training them according to biblical principles? That's what children need. These things will make the difference. Children, you know, they need, uh, they need instruction in the Word of God. They need provision from their parents. You know, fathers for the financial, 1 Timothy 5, 8, if they provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the face faith and is worse than an infidel pretty strong words there but listen that's what children need today they need parents okay the government even churches cannot take place of parents kids they need that it is so important and you know they need moms they need to be there you know especially for those emotional things you know and go talk to your school shrink you know that's not good advice from a parent Many parents say they don't want to talk to their kids. They don't want to get to know their kids. And you know, we're not going to be able to fix, you know, kids' problems without fixing the parents. That, you know, and the parents, they're not going to get fixed without Christ, without the Word of God in their life. And so many times we're just coming up with all these solutions for physical things that are only going to help for a day or so and not taking care of the real problem. You know, that bum that's out there on the street, yes, he needs he needs help, he needs a meal, he needs some love, but you know, he needs to get off the drugs too. You know, he needs something else to live for if he's going to be able to get off the drugs. You know, he's got to want to change. They've got to admit that they have a problem. And many times we just think, no, let's throw some money at him. I gave him a $10 bill. You know, I'm a good person. I've helped them. No, 
unless you give them the gospel, unless they receive Christ as their Savior, we can only do temporary fixes that, as far as eternity goes, aren't going to make a bit of difference. And just, you know, and there are so many areas where we do. We always just do the temporary things. You know, people, uh, you know, going to doctors or drugs for every kind of emotional problem they have instead of going to the Word of God and going to prayer. You know, looking for a bailout whenever you get it get into any type of financial problem, looking for somebody to carry your load for you, you know, blaming everybody else in the world for your problems. These don't fix anything. Okay? Many times the problems that we're facing, physical, mental, financial, whatever, these things many times are spiritual problems that we have and the Word of God tells us how we can fix these things and you thinking somebody just, you know, writing you a check is going to fix all your problems. It's not. It's only going to help you temporarily. Many young people today having all kinds of problems with drugs and things, and then they, you know, spend all their money on drugs. They run out of money for rent. You know, mom and dad, oh, they don't want them to get kicked out of their apartment, so they pay, pay their rent. Well, all you've done is enable them to buy drugs now for another month. You know, what we do, we don't fix the real problem. And the Great Commission, it takes care of all these problems. You know, it is completely okay for us to use carnal things to help people. But without including the spiritual, it really is pointless. If we just go and feed people and don't share the gospel, you know what, they're just going to get hungry the next day. If you go and you give somebody something to drink and you don't, and that's a wonderful thing. I mean, you do that. You give a cold cup of water in the name of Christ. You're not going to lose your reward for that. However, you're not going to help that person out that much because they're going to be thirsty just a little while later. You need to give them the gospel. You know, James chapter 2, verse 15 says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you saying to them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Notice that what it, how it says daily food. Okay, They need these things every day. And you know, we can't provide for people every day of their life. We can't fix people's daily problems every day. But we can help their eternal problems. We can fix their spiritual problems by introducing them to Jesus Christ by giving them the gospel and I say let's keep doing charitable work let's keep doing good let's keep you know helping people feeding people clothing people but let's never leave out the great commission let's use those opportunities to give them the gospel to tell them about Jesus Christ don't think you fix somebody's problem when you gave them a meal okay you help that daily problem but now you use that as an opportunity to help the real problem and that's the spiritual problem and that's what will make the difference. See, Jesus, God did. God did many wonderful miracles that helped many people. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. But did you know that eventually Lazarus died again? Think about it. Every one of those people that Jesus raised from the dead eventually died again. What was going on? Did Jesus not you know, do a good enough job? No, he took care of the problem right then. But here's the thing. He wasn't about raising people from the dead physically, he did that showing the world that he could raise people from the dead spiritually and that's what he really wanted to do. 
And those people that were saved and raised from the dead spiritually will never die. Jesus said that to Martha when he, before He raised Lazarus. He that believeth in Me, though he were dead, shall never die. That's what He said. And He did. He raised Lazarus from the dead to show He had the power to prove who He was. But eventually, Lazarus died again. And so understand that helping people with the physical things, it is commendable. But it doesn't compare to helping people with the spiritual things. And let's not leave that out. Let's not forget the most important thing. And I hope you'll do that. Go out there and share the gospel with somebody. Spread the news about Jesus Christ. Give somebody that plan of salvation. And you can make a real eternal difference in someone's life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was a help to you. Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rockwall. We hope you were blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at att.net.